So in our previous video, we talked about the Trinity. Today, we're going to look at God the Father specifically. Now, if you missed the last video, make sure you check it out. Mm -hmm. Some important kind of basics of what is really the fundamental doctrine of Christianity, right? the Trinity, that God, there's one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so today, I want to look a little bit at who is the Father specifically. This is kind of surprisingly challenging yeah. because the way we tend to think of God the Father is just like the default God, you yeah. know, whereas the Son, you know, we know Him, He came into the flesh and the Spirit, you know, He's the one who makes people speak in tongues and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Not really. Um, so how do we kind of understand God the Father? So we're going to be talking about that today. Mm -hmm. So just kind of some initial thoughts. Yeah, initially, I wanted to kind of give a caveat before we define God the Father, just because there is an element of where we're trying to systematize or, uh, yeah, systematize a God who can't fully be systematized. And I think it's important to remember he's a person, not just a doctrine. So we want to treat him as a person and remember he is God. Yeah. And yeah. we want to, uh, yeah, understand that he's God, not just a system. And that being said, he is personal and he has revealed himself to us. So we can know him and we can understand him uh, and look at what he's shown shown us about himself. So, good. yeah, just good. wanted to make sure I say that before we get into it. That's great. So let's think about, you know, when we think of God the Father, what exactly are we thinking about? So, so yeah, how do, how do we approach this? What do we think about when we speak of God as Father? Yeah, I think in Christian culture and even how I've thought of God in the past is when we say God the Father, we think automatically think Old Testament God. Like okay. Jesus is God the Son, but I think generally we'll think Old Testament God, he's the the mean one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one who, uh, yeah, has judgment, and he's he's the scary God. And I think that's uh, scary the scary uh, part of God, but I think that's just an unfair characterization of God the Father and even a poor understanding of the of God in the Old Testament. So, hmm. Yeah, okay, good. So who is God the Father? Yeah, I think we can define him in two ways, and I think the first way we can define him is how he relates to the Trinity, and then the second way, how he relates to creation and his people. So I think how he relates to himself, or the Trinity, he is the first person in the Trinity, the first person in the Godhead, and he's distinctly the one who begets the Son. Okay. Yeah, and then how he relates to creation, he's the one that speaks the words of creation in Genesis 1, mm -hmm. and then he's also the one who plans the redemption of his people. Okay, yeah. good, good. So let's talk just about how he relates to himself. So that first thing. So you say he's the first person of the Trinity, and he begets the Son. Mm -hmm. So that's probably, for a lot of people, unfamiliar language. So just, you know, in a nutshell, <laughs> that big, that big <laughs> what idea. Is, yeah, how do, you, how do you express that? Yeah, I think historically this idea of begetting the Son, that's, I mean, we see it in Nicene Creed where it says, uh, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, begotten of the Father, the only begotten, that is, of the essence of the Father, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, <laughs> begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. And so what does that mean? Like you're saying, what does it mean for God to beget the Son? Yeah. Well, it means that God the Son, Jesus, right, has always been from the Father, Right, not created by the Father, but from the Father. And that's and, a good distinction. I've yeah. seen created, begotten, not made. So it's 
we, we shouldn't think of it in terms of, oh, you know, I begot my child. I, that therefore they came from me. Therefore, there was a time when they were not. Yeah, it's different. It's just distinct from that saying that's not the idea, mm-hmm. but it's speaking of, oh, sorry, you, you, you should finish your thought. Yeah, it's basically, yeah, it's like you're saying, it's not that God created Jesus, but Jesus essentially eternally has been from the Father, right? So yeah. even before God created anything, before he was the ruler of anything, he was... Uh, uh, Jesus was always from him. Yes. Since the beginning of, yeah, um, forever. Basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then the spirit comes from the father and, and the son. Yeah. So there is this kind of interesting order. Um, good. So do you, uh, let's talk about kind of, well, do you have some verses on that? Do you want to share? On him begetting? On just, on just the idea of sending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then. Yeah, we see that G, uh, God is also the one that God the Father sends the Son. So First John four fourteen says, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And John three thirty five says, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. So not only is God the Father the one who begets the Son, but he's the one who loves the Son and uh, sends the Son. So. On his mission of salvation, that's Thanks. good. Yeah, and of course it doesn't say, say it all. That there's um, subordination mm-hmm. in the Trinity. That one is one person is less than any other. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's we emphatically deny that. Um, but this is helpful to see that 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 the words Father and Son were chosen for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's a relationship they have here that, as we'll talk about in a little bit, um, is mirrored by our, by our own. I always thought of well, Father is sort of a metaphor for God. And really, when you think about it, Father is sort of a metaphor that is put on us, yeah. you know, expressing who God is. Mm-hmm. It's a very important thing to be a, a, a Father, and God gives us these pictures as pointers to who He is in a much greater, much fuller sense. So let's talk about how God relates to His creation. How does how does God as Father um, shape how He relates to His creation? Yeah, so like I said earlier, he, we see that in Genesis 1, uh, Genesis 1, 1, 3... It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So we see that God is the one who speaks the words of creation, right? And then we talked about earlier in the the Trinity video was uh, that Jesus is the one who fulfills that of God speaking. uh, He's the one that creates because uh, he's sent forth. Yeah, right? he's as sent a, forth. Creator. Exactly. And then we see the Spirit hovering over the waters. But God is the one speaking uh, speaking the words of creation. Yeah. Good, yeah. good. And we also see God the Father is the one who plans the redemption of his people. Right? Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. I'll turn there. Yeah, this is a very very helpful verse. So the, the predestining planning of God is in a sense. Obviously, it's the the three persons are all in complete unity on this. There's not a division in terms of one person wants this, one person wants that. Father, yeah. you know, but the the father is the one who's credited with planning or predestining. So mm-hmm. go go ahead and read that. Yeah, Ephesians one three through ten. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." 
was blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So, uh, I like that he chose us in him, being in Jesus. Yeah, exactly. So God chooses us in Jesus. So we have unity, you know, with the Son because of His death and resurrection, but it's it's because of the choice of the Father mm-hmm. from eternity past. So there's no division in purpose. It's not that the Son comes and redeems, and the Father says, "Well, I guess I have to accept them." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's same it's will, will, same yeah. desire, but just different roles or distinct yeah. roles. So yeah, yeah, in that passage, we see God bless us with every spiritual blessing. We see Him that see that He chose us before creation to walk holy and blameless before Him. And that he predestined us to be adopted as sons. And that he sent forth Christ to, to do that. Good, so. good, good. Okay, so that's that's super helpful. So we see some kind of, some kind of the very basics of how to understand God as Father. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, so what does it mean for us, right? In, a, in just kind of a practical sense, what does it mean for God to be our Father? Mm. Yeah, I think first, for God to be our Father uh, shows us that it, that he's the one who gives life. Right, he's life giving, kind of what we've been saying earlier. He is a father. He's God. He's inherently life giving. He's always beget the son, begat the son. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's been life giving for all eternity. And I really like this quote by Michael Reeves. He says, I think he says it best. And he says, "The father is called father because he is a father, and a father is a person who gives life, who begets children." Well, yeah, yeah, life giving. He's just. A life-giving father. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this is such a dominant word for God in the New Testament mm-hmm. that it's easy to take it for granted. And I like that he's father because he's father. A father, yeah. Father's father. They they give life. They provide. They protect. Mm-hmm. Like we know, and of course, I'm sure many people watching this are thinking of their own father in a good or bad way. Yeah, exactly. But both of those help point us to to God the Father, mm-hmm. right? Just because, so, so for me, I had a good father. I hope to be a good father. And so I hope that my kids will grow up saying, I get that about God, that he wants the best for me, that he, you know, sometimes disciplines, all these things that connect to fatherhood. But even for someone who doesn't have that, who has a bad example or absent father, that absence of a father or of a good father leaves a, a hole there's a void there yeah exactly. because it's such an important role in your life mm-hmm. and so to know that actually your ultimate hope is not found in the earthly father but in heavenly one mm-hmm. that's such a such a relief and a blessing yeah and it doesn't good. necessarily totally you know fix everything that, that is wrong in this life because of that missing but it eternally does right? it, it so the, those um, relationships are just a pointer to the eternal uh, goodness and provision we have in in God. Yeah. And I think also, uh, for God to be our Father, it shows us that God has, by, defini- by definition of a Father, He has authority over us. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, He's the one that gives us life, and because He gives us life, He has authority. Right? Even uh, from the moment you're born until the moment, I guess, you move out of your house, if you have a, I would hope you have a good earthly father, then... Yeah. Uh, your father has authority over you, right? They tell you what to do and you obey. <laughs> and in a similar way, God has authority over us, right? He gives us his word. We're, we're called to follow it. And he's the one that gives us life and ultimately the one who gives us his own son. So, That's good. Yeah. 
And then I think lastly, for God to be our father means that God is personal and loving, Hmm. right? He's a personal God. A father is not really a father unless his children know him, right? So it's not that God is distant, far off, angry. Uh, Yeah, he doesn't like us. No, God's our father. He loves us and he calls us to know him and to be in personal relationship with him. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And I do think that it's it's a really cool thing that God's given to us. Um, you know, every person has a father, mm-hmm. right? They somehow, yeah, one, exactly. one or the other, whether that person is present in their life is a different thing. But so so God's built this into life that you, you know, are, you come from somebody, they have authority, and, and hopefully if they're a good father, they have love for you as well. And then also that God's given many of us the opportunity to be a father, mm. to play that role and to be this imperfect representation of who he is in the life of someone else. And it's not like for me, I would say, oh man, before I was a father, I had just no idea about any of this stuff. Like you understand the principles, yeah. but there is something really cool about being able to be a dad and to, to, to see how you view your family, the love you have for them, that is, you always want the best for your kids. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely true, right? You wanna bless them, you want to um, see them achieve great things for God, yeah, you use, you use your authority to give them life yeah. and to bless them, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and so God identifies himself with one of the most ordinary pictures in human life and also mm. one of the most powerful pictures yeah. in human life. So, And we'll see that with the son and marriage as well, right? Marriage is such a fundamental picture of who God is and how he relates to us. Mm. And so God in these ordinary things has built something extraordinary yeah. to point to him. That's good. Good. So, so one thing I think would be helpful to, to talk through is who is God the Father of? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, we kind of hear this language all the time of like everyone is a child of God. You know, from from Christians and, and non Christians, right? We're all just God's children. Yeah, we're all just like kumbayaing it, you know, alone. So, <laughs> thoughts: who who is God the Father of? Yeah. Well, first off, he's the Father of God the Son. Yeah. That's obvious. Okay, that's good. But. Uh, it shouldn't be overstated, right? I mean, that is fundamental. Exactly. Fundamental to understanding the Trinity. And I think like you're saying, that truth that God the Father being a father of over everyone has really been something that's been adopted by our culture, Western culture. And I think it's the idea of the universal fatherhood of God, Yeah. right? So uh, God has created all people. Therefore, he's the father of all people. We're all under one God. And we hear this all the time, like you're saying, everyone's, we're all God's children. Uh, yeah, like kumbaya, like you're, yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? So because we all belong to the same God, we're all under one God, he's all our father, let's uh, end wars, do good things, like volunteer at Habitat for Humanity or yeah. whatever, right? But I think the Bible doesn't say that God is the father of us all, hmm. right? So He's, he is the God of us all, right? He has he has created every person. He has authority. He's sovereign. He reigns over everybody, yes, but yeah. he's not the father of all. That personal, loving relationship, that intimate relationship uh, is not for everyone. It's for his children, Yeah. right? And it's only given, that personal relationship's only given to people who believe in Jesus, right? Because Jesus is the son of God and God the Father is the Father of Jesus Christ. When Jesus dies on the cross, he imputes to us uh, his status. He forgives us, our, takes our sin onto himself and gives to us his status of God's son. And yeah. then if you 
believe in that truth, then that adopts you into God's family, and now you are God's son. Yeah, it's so not yeah, everybody. Adoption. adoption is, I think, so underrated. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, if you have that belief of we're all just children of God in the same exact way, then being adopted into God's family doesn't really mean much. Exactly. But you no, know, in, in the scriptures, it's no. You were an enemy of God. You were opposed to God. You were not uh, lovable in His sight. Yeah. You were someone deserving of wrath, and God and Christ gives us His righteousness, takes our sin, and then also welcomes us into His family. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful thing. I mean, Hebrews talks about how Christ is our brother, right? Yeah. Christ is not ashamed to call us brothers. The firstborn of many brethren, yeah. 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 He's like, you should be ashamed to call us brothers because we sin. Yeah, exactly. But because he's washed us, cleansed us, we're perfect, he's not ashamed, and we're all part of the same family. Mm -hmm. So that's an incredible, incredible reality. Yeah, praise God that he does that for us. Yeah. Yeah. And another verse I thought of with uh, to end would be John 14, 6. And it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. So like you said, Jesus, right, is the key. His status as God's son is the key. If we believe in Jesus, we know the Father. Yeah. <laughs> and that personal relationship's open to us. Good, yeah. good. So I'm looking forward in coming weeks to digging into some more specifics on who God is, Father, Son, and Spirit. So we'll look forward to that.